Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Inspiring you to bring God back into the conversation of the day. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans um, for your welfare, for a future filled with hope, not plans to do you harm. That's from uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 and 12. Um, God knows the plans he has for you. God has actually already planned in advance the good works that you and I are to do today to reveal his presence and his goodness and his glory to others. Um, And he's already poured out every spiritual resource we need for the accomplishing of his will in and through our lives. That is pretty extraordinary. I'm Carmen LeBurge, listening to Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. So um, the director of the FBI announced yesterday um, that China has plans for you. (laughs) China has plans uh, for all of us, uh, Chinese hackers And that is actually the Chinese government-funded hackers. So this is state-sponsored cyber warfare. So just recognize that. It's not like Chinese hackers. It's not like um, guys in basements, you know, with nothing better to do. This is actually a, um, like a real military-level operation. So Chinese hackers are preparing to, quote, wreak havoc on U.S. critical infrastructure. When you think about infrastructure, you might be thinking about, you know, the um, how your house is heated or how, you know, the fuel gets to your car. When we talk about infrastructure today in the world, we are talking a lot about um, that which makes digital um, transactions possible. What we're doing right now is over uh, digital technology. Checking your bank account on your phone, that's digital technology. Probably how you get paid is digital technology. So when we talk about critical infrastructure, um, the United States is talking about the ability of the U.S. military to do what it does when it wants to do it because the U.S. military is now a largely digital enterprise. I mean, we just recently talked about a U.S. drone um coming back, an unmanned drone, coming back and landing at a base, uh, and them failing to recognize an enemy drone was headed in their direction as well. Um, Drone operators can be sitting anywhere in the world. They don't have to be on the front lines of a battlefield because the battlefield is now global and it is cyber. So I'm not not telling you this, sharing all of this to scare you. I'm sharing all of this so that you and I can um, wake up to the reality of our need for a threat assessment, not unlike that which the FBI director delivered um, to Congress. It, yes, do, do you and I live under the very real, th- real threat of um, the powers that be in the world today in very real conflict with one another. Yeah, we are in a clash of civilizations. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, and it's not just China. It's Russia. It's North Korea. Um, it's 
those who believe in the future of an Islamic caliphate, um, on and on and on. And so um, the enemy has plans and the enemy has plans for you. And so the threat assessment that you and I need to engage in as Christians, the threat assessment is, is that threat assessment. I mean, these, these, these schemes all have names. These tactics all have names. And sometimes their names are nation states. And sometimes they're, you know, the, the tactics are, you know, going to be cyber in nature or hacking in nature um, versus, you know, guys with boots on the ground somewhere. But the threat assessment and the, and the enemy is just, it's always the same. So First Peter 5, 8, like if you've not done a threat assessment lately, like this is a good spiritual exercise, especially as we prepare for and and enter into the season of Lent, which by the way, Lent this year, Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day are the same day. So I don't know how conflicted um, you're going to be over, you know, over Ash Wednesday and and Lent. But like, if, if you love somebody like, and you were thinking you were going to take them out for Valentine's Day and give them chocolates, make sure that they're not planning on fasting for Lent because, you know, then you just like introduce such conflict. Okay. That's just a thought, random thought. Um, threat assessment. When's the last time you did a spiritual threat assessment? Because your adversary, the devil, this is First Peter 5, 8, by the way. This is not like Carmen making stuff up. First Peter 5, 8. Your adversary, the devil. First of all, you have an adversary and it is the devil. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Prowling around your life right now. Have you done a spiritual threat assessment lately? Ephesians chapter 6 is a, a good place to go for equipping in spiritual warfare. And all the prepping that the world may encourage you to do, the first foremost, essential, absolutely necessary prepping is spiritual. Are you a spiritual prepper? Are you spiritually prepped? Because your adversary, the devil, my adversary, the devil, the adversary of God is prowling around right now looking for a way to steal, kill, and destroy us. Satan's purposes are many. Um, Genesis 3, we learn that one of Satan's purposes is to disfigure and discredit the character and the ways of God, that we would be confused about who God is. Um, He wants to keep people from coming to the light of the gospel. He wants to use our own sin and selfishness against us, um, hindering us from knowing God and fulfilling our God-given destiny. He wants to tempt us to act independently from God, to have our own head in things, to make our own way. He tempts people to abandon love and loyalty to God. He tempts people to test God. Like he's got lots of tactics and ways of going about what he does. Are you spiritually prepped? What does your spiritual preparation look like? Because it's not just that China has plans for you. (laughs) The devil, the adversary has plans for you as well. In, um, In 2020... So this is, uh, you know, now it's 2024. So, wow, this is, this is going to be four years old now. Um, in 2020, Pew Research estimated that there were 2.38 billion, can that be right, Christians in the world. 
Yes, that's right. Of about 8 billion souls. So 2.38 billion out of 8 billion, which means there's still a ways to go in terms of the Great Commission. Um, And when we talk about what's happening among Christians, and, you know, here in the United States, we talk about the great de-churching, 40 million people having left the church in the last 25 years. But around the world, Christianity is, um, is growing. Fastest growing church in the world is in Iran. That means Christians, people are coming to Jesus in Iran. Um, so today, there are 1.428 billion people living in India. Only 2.3% of that population knows Jesus as Lord. But guess what? That 2.3%, that's 33 million people. That's a lot of folks coming to Jesus. So how are they coming? How are people around the world in places that are often closed off from the um, the traditional ways in which we think the gospel is going to be freely preached? How are they coming to know and love Jesus? Well, digital technology is playing a huge role in that. And global media outreach is the biggest player on the block. So we're going to talk with Jeff Gowler next. He's the president of GMO, Global Media Outreach. And we're going to talk about reaching more than 5.16 billion people um, around the world who are still in need of hearing the gospel. That's up next on Mornings with Carmen. Jeff Gowler is here with us. He's the president of Global Media Outreach. You can find what we're talking about today at globalmediaoutreach.com. I highly recommend you visit the real-time data at witness2all.com. You can get there from from Global Media Outreach as well. But it's my favorite, favorite um, website to just have up on my screen throughout the day so that I can see in real time, in real time, where people are responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus. It is so fantastic. Jeff, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, thank you, Carmen. Good to hear from you. Good to speak with you again. Okay. It's just, I mean, it's cray-cray, like, right? You look at these numbers and you just like, can that even possibly be true? So what is GMO? And, um, and then read us in on some of the current numbers. Well, we, uh, GMO does global media outreach, uh, digital evangelism all around the world. Uh, it's interesting. This right here is our 20th. Um, we just start celebrating our 20th anniversary. Uh, it's getting ready to start our next 20 years. So it's an interesting time around here. And it, you are right. It is cray cray. That, that's right. We, you know, we heard uh, yesterday all the different people from social media that were being uh, grilled by Congress and you know, for the bad that's going on uh, all over digital media, but there's also great stuff that's happening. And a lot of times that's kind of covered up. You know, we don't see some of that stuff, but we're having a great time in what we're doing. We're reaching about uh, 500,000 people per day. What? Uh, wait, we, see? Cray cray. Yeah, I know. Okay, wait. <laughs> Slow the bus. 500,000 people a day. That's about because. Pe- about, it's about six people a second. It, it's it's just um it's amazing it's a it's totally amazing um and again now that I've caught your attention witness to all dot com is where you can watch the real time data remind us Jeff um because we've you know we've slept since the last time we talked with you 
right. how how are all of those little flags flashing on my screen? Um, how who's aggregating that data? Like that's trustworthy and true. The data that you're going to see on that is coming straight from Google. We don't uh, we we track that through them, so they give that back to us, saying that the that it is true. Yeah. So, and what's interesting about that is that's probably only about 40% of what we do is showing on live uh, because we're, that's just a map of what's, who we're reaching through Google, but we've also got teams that are working through Facebook, uh, all kinds of different uh, uh, methods. So what you're seeing looks really impressive until you realize it's only 40%. Um, so even though these numbers go up every single second, the gospel reach, and if you think about this as 40% of what's really happening in real time, the gospel reach is more than um, two and a half billion people, um, that's, nearly that's 300 correct. million indicated decisions. And so if that's only 40% of it, you know, we're we're talking about um, nearly a billion people Um having indicated a decision for Jesus. It's just now, extraordinary. It's just that extraordinary. Number right there is, Carmen, just to be clear, that number right there is going to be the real number of what's happening. The dots that are showing are are going, the dots we ah. can only show in real time. So oh, I love that. Be, okay. So, yeah. the, so the numbers that I'm seeing on the screen, those are the real totals. The, the little flashes of all the flags is the real-time Google stuff, and that's only 40%. Well, if that if that screen with all of those little dots had, you know, had two and a half times as many flags flashing, I wouldn't even be able to see them because the whole map would just be covered all the time. It's just, that's it's right. just it's extraordinary. All right, well, let me just remind everybody, we're talking with Jeff Gowler. He's the president of Global Media Outreach. If I sound excited about who they are and what they're doing, it's because I am. Globalmediaoutreach.com. They are leveraging technology to invite all people everywhere to know Jesus. So if you think about um, how many people around the world have a phone in their hand, that includes you, but that also includes more than 5 billion other people. Um, and they and, and on average, people are spending about seven hours on their phone. I mean, they're spending time searching for answers, for comfort, for distraction. You are, I am. Um, Global Media Outreach is meeting people right there on that phone in their hands in their time of need, going places where no human being could ever set foot. So I want you to think about um, the dark places where a, a quote-unquote missionary, the way we have tended to think of it in the past, uh, a place where a missionary could never go. But there is a person asking in the darkness by themselves, is God real? Does he love me? Is there hope? Um, and they may not be asking the question in that way, but global media outreach is leveraging the technology that's available to identify um, the words that people are using in real time, in real places. And then from there, they are being presented with the gospel. Um, and so, uh, and you and I both know that once the word of God goes forth, it doesn't return void. So it is finding real impact. Um. Millions and even now billions of people responding uh, to the gospel. It's just so exciting. We got to take a very brief break. When we come back, Jeff's going to tell us some of the stories of individuals whose lives have been transformed. 
We're talking about global media outreach. You can see it and experience it at globalmediaoutreach.com. How are you preparing for the reality of Jesus's last days, his passion, Holy Week, the Last Supper, the Garden of Gethsemane, Judas's betrayal, Peter's denials, Jesus being stripped and humiliated by soldiers and falsely accused by the Jews and subjected to mock trials and ultimately crucified? How are you planning to give those events in Jesus's life the attention they deserve? That's what the season of Lent is all about. The 40 days prior to Easter are set aside to prepare ourselves to face the reality of the cross and, yes, ultimately to celebrate the reality of the empty tomb. I invite you to join us in reading through the Bible together during Lent. The study will provide a way for you to intentionally engage each day with the Word of God. You can sign up today at MyFaithRadio.com as we read through the Bible together this Lent. We're talking with Jeff Gowler. He's the president of Global Media Outreach. Um, Jeff, uh, Mary has a niece. Her name is uh, Letitia, and she needs to know Jesus in a life-transforming way. Um, Mary's not alone in, in having somebody that she knows who needs an encounter with Jesus. And we also recognize that not everybody um, in emerging generations is going to walk into a church or access the gospel in the ways that maybe we have imagined in the past. Um, so tell us some of the stories of who is being reached, and then talk with us about how um, they are then discipled, because that's one of the really unique things about GMO. Armin, you really hit on a, uh, on some good stuff today. I was listening to you before before I joined you, and uh it was interesting to to hear some of the different things you were saying about uh, God has the plans, you know, he knows the plans he has for us and so does the enemy. But mm-hmm. it's interesting when you look at what just happened in Ukraine a year ago and when Russia started bombing Ukraine, of course, they knocked out the internet. But if we look at some of these people uh, and we think they're evil. They may be, but it's amazing how God can turn evil into good. And, when they knocked out the internet, Elon Musk turned his Starlink onto uh, Ukraine, and we were able to actually share the good news of Jesus Christ in Ukraine because of Elon Musk. So that's one story that's just that I think is really cool. We've reached a lot of people in there. We've actually got online missionaries in Russia and in Ukraine that are all ministering to these people in Ukraine. Some of them, you know, living in bombed out basements. So. Uh, there's one story that's just really, that's been really, really cool for us uh, to watch and see what's happening. We're also reaching still right now into uh, into Gaza, into the West Bank, and reaching people there that are just seriously hurting right now. So uh, we're able to use technology to go to places, like you said, where, where missionaries aren't going right now. Um, I want to focus in on um, language that you use that might be really new for people, and that is the language of an online missionary. So yes. there are these mature Christians in Russia um, yes. who speak the language and know the context. Um, they're living on the other side of a geographic border, and they're living, um, uh, you know, they're living in the reality of the division that the enemy seeks to sow in the world. But they are serving as online missionaries to people who are responding to the gospel online in Ukraine. 
Um, so because there's no dividing wall of hostility when it comes to Jesus. And so talk with us about online missionaries and how that works. Yeah, when somebody, uh, if you're looking at your at that map and it'll say new contacts on there, as soon as it says that, that means that we've actually got their contact information. We can get a hold of them one on one and we can communicate online with them. Uh, so we've got the, a couple thousand people that volunteer their time and to uh, to minister to people after we've attracted them through the internet. So we're working in 13 different languages, but we've got online missionaries that are responding in 40. A lot of them are bilingual and they're, uh, they really are, they are really what make us different to differentiate us from a lot of the ministries. Uh, some just reach, some just uh, disciple. We're trying to accomplish both of those uh, because we don't want to just throw seed. Uh, we want to be able to grow people in their faith. And so those online missionaries are just very, very important to us. Uh, and they're all working part, well, part-time for them, but it's uh, it's all volunteer. And they go through a lot of training with us. We, we've, got, uh, we've got an interesting situation right now in uh, Beirut, in our Beirut office. And uh, they're starting to do small groups. And so the online missionaries have communicated with them. Now they've hooked them up into small online groups that they're leading. And now we've got people that want to be baptized. So what do you what do you do now when you've got a what they call Muslim by birth, MBBs? Uh, they've been Muslim all their life. Now they've heard about Jesus Christ and they want to, they've given their life to Christ. They've been discipled. Now they want to be baptized. And we've actually got 40 people right now in in uh in, in that area, in the MENA, Middle East, North African area right now that want to be baptized. Uh, and we're trying to find enough Christians around that we, that we can get them in private somehow to get them baptized. Because when they when they actually give their life to Christ like that, I mean, that's uh, they're denying everyone else to accept Christ. They're denying their family and everything just to say, I believe in Jesus Christ and he's number one in my life. That's extraordinary. Yeah, I wanna, mm -hmm. um, I wanna, I wanna pause right here and, um, and and pray for them specifically. Could we do that? Yes. Yes. Father, Father, we thank you. Um, we thank you for the extraordinary ways in which you work um, beyond our imagination um, to reach people so precious to you, people that you have loved since before the foundations of the earth. These people who you conceived of in your wildest imagination. And we thank you that they have now come to an awareness of you and your goodness and your grace and the offer of um, salvation in Jesus. And Father, that they want to be baptized in his name. Mm -hmm. So Father, for these fellow believers who long to be baptized, Father, we just ask that you would make a way. You you know, you see, you provide. Um, I think of Philip coming alongside um, the person who was searching the scriptures and longed to be made whole. Um, and you provided a way and they found a puddle and he was baptized. <laughs> and so, Father, make a way, provide a way, um, provide the Christians um, in, in the community who are already there uh, in order that these, um, that these people who have only ever known a religion um, of works have now come to know come to know a God of grace. 
And so grant your grace in this particular way. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jeff, amen. it's um, it's thrilling. It's thrilling to my heart, as you know. Um, I I love and appreciate the ministry of, yeah, of GMO. Yes. Yeah, so I want to connect people um, with you, globalmediaoutreach.com. Um, and let me just say that if you... Um, if you are looking for a place to to see every dime leveraged for the kingdom, Jeff, my guess is it no longer costs a dime to, because it's it's always growing exponentially. So, what does it cost to reach a person through global media outreach now? Well, we always say it's a dime because that's the easiest way to do it, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah but, it's but amazing actually, though. Just think about that. Think about, I mean, <laughs> if it is a dime, which it's probably less than now, but um. If you just think about that, you could reach a person for a dime. Um, your investment in this ministry is just, it's its exponential. And that is just so thrilling to me as well. It really is. Yeah. It's, uh, we're, we're actually down about six cents. So, yeah. uh, to, re- to reach someone. And, you know, with technology going the way it is, the, we actually are seeing the costs in a lot of cases going down. Uh, and one of the, one of the things that's important, I think, is that we, we don't just look at the cost of that. Uh, gospel presentation, which is good. That's the that's the door. Uh, but we we really are focused more on the cost of getting a new contact. We really want to we really want to share uh, the good news of Jesus Christ personally with people, and so that that's very important to us. And I, I think Carmen, one of the important things, and I know your heart, and and you you see the map and you get all excited. It's for us a lot of times we have to look at that map and we see those dots, and yes, we get excited, but Try putting a face in those. Mm-hmm. Try putting a face in each one of those dots, because that's what it is. It's not a dot. It's a face. It's a human. It's a person that is seeking hope. They're 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 lost. They're seeking something. They're in there looking for something, and, and a lot of times that that is hope that they're looking for. And we can offer them the hope through Jesus Christ, and it's just exciting for us to do and to, but to make sure. And I, as you were praying, it was just it was. I, I love that because you were you were praying for the Christians and the need to come together and join together and get these people baptized and that's what it's all about. It's about people and it's about a changed life. That's so good, Jeff. Um, keep up the good work. Let us hear from you more often. We love connecting um, with you. And yes, thank you for reminding us that each one of those each one of those flags that's a person. That's a person precious yes. to God. Um, yes. And in in searching for the hope that we have all found in Jesus. That's Jeff Gowler. He's the president of Global Media Outreach. You can check it out, globalmediaoutreach.com. Yeah, providing a witness to all. Next up, we're going to talk with Mike Novotny. Let me ask this question. What is taboo? Not, Not the game, not the game, but the things that we find very, very difficult to talk about, or even we resist talking about altogether. That's up next on Mornings with Carmen. Mike Novotny is here. We're going to talk about all the things it's not appropriate to talk about. All the things we've been told not to talk about, mm -hmm, we're going to talk about them. The book is Taboo. Topics Christians should be talking about, but don't. We are giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. Mike heads up the um, the ministry of, um, of Time of Grace 
It's the name of the podcast. You can find it at timeofgrace.org. Mike, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, thanks for having me back, Carmen. Mm-hmm. Talking about all the things we're not supposed to be talking about. Um, what should we be talking about that we don't often talk about? Oh, yeah, there's a long list on the cover of the book. There's <laughs> pornography, but many politics, of them, Many of them are race. blacked out, though, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. the cover of the book is like blacked out, but it has this UV effect that if you put it in the light, it kind of pops out. So abuse, abortion, marital intimacy, sex, sexual orientation, uh, gender, depression, anxiety, suicide. Kind of the premise of the book is that, you know, these are such difficult, emotional, personal, awkward topics that often in Christian families or in Christian churches or in small groups, we might be dealing with these things and we might have questions about these things, but we're too scared to talk about these things. And that comes at a, a great cost. I've, I've experienced that personally and seen that pastorally. So that's what I'm kind of getting at in this book, a, an evangelical two-handed shove to let's talk about that thing, even if we need an extra stick of deodorant, because on the other side of that awkwardness, God has a really great blessing for his people. So earlier um, today in the first hour, we actually talked with Kay, um, who um, she is like a living testimony of what your book addresses. So mm. at 19, she had an abortion. I mean, she's now, you know, grandmother age. Um, but she lived with that secret for a long, mm. long time. And it was mm. that secret that made it impossible for her to have the kind of depth and intimacy of relationships that we are supposed to be free to have in Jesus. But when yes. you have this secret thing, this and, and, and the secret itself then becomes the power of the enemy over you to isolate you and to um, keep you always on the edge of being found out or discovered. And so then you build these walls, I mean, like on and on and on. And so we have had a living testimony today um, in the person of Kay uh, about exactly what you're talking about in this book. So if you were listening earlier and you were saying to yourself, I'm a Kay, I have have something in my life, in my history that I – I have been hiding for so long that now it's hiding me, um, mm. then this is the book for you because this is going to help you not only find that way to your own point of confession, but be the kind of person that others um, are going to find safe to talk with about the things that we never talk about. The book is taboo. Yes. Topics Christians should be talking about but don't. Um, again, now that you know what it's about, you're interested. So we're giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. Mike, what keeps us from talking about the things that we really do need to be talking about? Ooh, yeah. A lot of factors. Uh, Maybe near the top of my list to answer that question is that the devil is so good Hmm. at convincing us that if, if we said something, if we found the courage, people would be stunned and disgusted and ashamed and they'd run the other way and they'd jump in online and, you know, tell the world about our, our dirty secrets. <laughs> Actually, I, I, and I know humans are humans and, and Christians are still sinners, but um, what I've experienced is when, when I came, you know, part of the book is my own story of uh, keeping a secret pornography addiction to myself for a lot of years. Uh, and it wasn't until I talked taboo that I really kind of escaped the grip of that. What I've seen is that when I've confessed my sins to other people and I've seen it happen in small groups and in church, the reaction is 99% of the time really beautiful. It's mm-hmm. reminders of forgiveness in Jesus. It's people praying for us. It's other people saying, you know what? I, I struggle with the same thing too. So I, th- I think the devil just, he way overestimates the the terrible reaction we're supposedly going to get 
And that kind of keeps us quiet, just hoping and praying. If I don't say anything, maybe me and Jesus can tackle this on our own. Um, and, and I'm here to tell you he's wrong and he's deceiving you. And there's a lot of great people in your life that God has put right there to help you with that one thing you're scared to talk about. Sometimes the thing that we're scared to talk about is actually obvious to other people. <laughs> we, live, like, we just imagine we're hiding it from everybody and they're like, oh yeah, shocking. Mm. Yeah, we kind of already mm. knew that. Um, yeah. Talk about the strain that um, secrets and not talking about the things we need to be talking about. Talk about the strain that puts, not just on our interpersonal relationship, but the strain that that puts on our relationship with God. Yeah. Proverbs 28 verse 13 says, whoever conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Or New Testament, James 5 verse 16, confess your sins to one another, not just to God, but to one another, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So here are promises of spiritual prosperity, of finding mercy, of being healed. So the way that God often grows us and helps us get you know over uh, feeling stuck in our faith is through the prayers, the encouragement, the accountability, and the forgiveness of other people. Um, you know, really near the top of my list, when I think about my own addiction in, in the past, was I actually came, I, I was going to church every Sunday in the midst of that. I was reading my Bible every day. I actually had memorized all the key passages about sexual purity. I memorized them, Matthew 5, 1 Corinthians 6, 1 Thessalonians 4. Um, but even in the midst of all that connection with the Word of God, I was I was doubting my own forgiveness because of the depth of my own sinfulness. Hmm. And for me, the the biggest prosperity wasn't just, you know, changing the habits that I had. The biggest blessing for me in telling someone else was that they could tell me that Jesus died for that sin too. And then I, I thought, maybe I'm not going to make it. Maybe I'm not really repentant. Maybe I don't really believe in Jesus. And someone said, no, Mike, yet you're sinning, you're struggling, but you are a child of God. And they brought me back to the cross. So yeah, I, I want to see habits change, but more than anything, I want to see people free from that sense of condemnation to truly believe that we are saved by grace through faith, and this is not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. We're talking with Mike Novotny. Um, his latest book, Taboo, Chris Topics Christians Should Be Talking About But Don't. You can um, find him and be listening to his podcast at timeofgrace.org. We are giving away copies of um, Taboo today, not the game, but the book Eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four is the number you want to text the word book to eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. Um, first of all, thank you for being so transparent. Like that's a huge part of this. Modeling this is um, is an act of not just honesty, but it's also leadership. So, can you talk a little bit about the challenge we face when our pastors and other people in Christian leadership? Um, act as if there's literally nothing ever wrong with their lives. Like, because it, I'm not sure that's leadership and it makes it really hard to then um, not feel like I should, I shouldn't ever say anything because I'm, you know, I'm supposed to be better than I am. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a huge issue. All 29 chapters in this book actually come from sermons and sermons I preached on Sunday morning. And what I noticed every single time was what I call the boomerang effect, mm -hmm. that I might have been someone's pastor for a year or two or 10 years, but they would never talk about the abortion or the abuse or the affair or the depression or the time they tried to take their own life until I talked about it first. Mm 
And I didn't necessarily have to say, hey, I've, you know, I've struggled or I've done the same thing too. But if I would just, you know, talk about a taboo topic with compassion and open Bible with high standards, I'm not watering that down, but with lots of forgiveness in Jesus, wow, Carmen, the the way that people would talk back, um, if I said, let's talk about this, they would say, oh, that that's me too. And it taught me that huge lesson. I mean, I, I think you're asking about pastors, but I think for everyone who's listening, you don't have to be a ministry leader. I think that applies to parents, that our kids might be struggling with something, and we wish they would just tell us on their own. But often we have to start that conversation to to make sure that it's safe, that they can talk back. Um, if you're in a small group Bible study or just hang out with some Christian friends for coffee once a month, um, you can really set the tone of, of talking about difficult things. And I, I've just been amazed at the responses that people have once the conversation is started. They don't want to start it. They're too nervous. It's too awkward, too taboo. But if God gives you the courage to start it, man, in families, in churches, uh, such great things happen. I'm, I'm seeing that right now in our own spiritual community, and it is such a beautiful thing. All right. Um, we're going to ask you right after a very brief break uh, to share with us some practical ways to actually initiate conversations on very tough topics, because we we want to be the people who who do this. We just aren't quite sure we know how. So we recognize that not talking is not helping. Right. You know that not talking is not helping. Well, we're going to get ourselves some help here in just a moment. Mike Novotny is here. The book is Taboo, Topics Christians Should Be Talking About But Don't. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. As we consider the life of Jesus and the life of the first generation of Christians, reading here the book of Acts and all the letters to the Christians in the New Testament, we see people who like wake up. They come to see and understand and then receive Jesus as their Savior and Lord. And it changes everything. We see Christians then telling other people about the good news and inviting them to respond in repentance, be baptized, and follow Jesus. The movement of Christianity grows person by person and then exponentially as people walking in darkness receive the light of Christ and want others to know what they know and have what they have. Well, you and I are living in dark days. People need light. And Jesus is the light of the world today in the same way that he was the light of the world at the beginning of creation and at the first Christmas and throughout his life on earth and in his radiance now at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is the light of the world. So if you're walking in darkness of any kind today, I invite you to consider Jesus. If you'd like to know more about what it means to begin a relationship with Christ or to chat with someone about it, just text the word FAITH to 41224. We're talking with Mike Novotny. He is, among other things, the author of Taboo, Topics Christians Should Be Talking About But Don't. Um, you can find him at timeofgrace.org. Um, Mike, we've got um, we've got a question on the text line that I would like for us to address before we do the sort of practical ways to get into conversations about these topics. Um, hmm. Andrew is a fairly new Christian. We We are his community of believers, and so... Andrew is Andrew is the guy who has the questions that um, everybody is asking, but um, doesn't take time to text. And Andrew actually does. And so we love Andrew so much. So Andrew wants to know, how many times can you repent of the same sin? Oh, 
What wouldn't it be scary if I could give you a number? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I my what I was what I was in the midst of texting back to Andrew when we ran out of time um because the music quit. I was going to say like every time the spirit moves you to repent is how many times? That that mm-hmm. is how many times. So Yes. What do you say? I, there's one page in my Bible that's more worn out than all the others because of what I've been through, and it's Romans 7 and 8, where the Apostle Paul, he writes Romans 25 years after becoming a Christian. So, he's not, he's not brand new to this, and he still says, the, the things that I hate, these sinful things, I keep on doing them. So, Paul kind of implied this battle against our own sinful nature, it's going to endure for a long time, and, and we get up and fight and fight and fight. But despite the struggle, I love his conclusion. He says, what a wretched man I am. Who's going to rescue me? Thanks be to God, it's Jesus. And he starts chapter 8 by saying, right right now, because of the cross, there is absolutely no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So, um, Andrew, if, if you're repenting, if you're fighting, that is a sign of real genuine faith. Mm-hmm. If you didn't have faith, you wouldn't care. You do the thing, shrug, do it again, and not regret it. So I think it's a real great sign, even even if you're not where you want to be, the fact that the Spirit is still in you, longing for the will of God. So no, there's no limit, number of sins, and then you're kicked out of the kingdom. Um, we continue to battle against sin until we see our Savior face to face. That is so good. Thank you so much for um, for not just your sensitivity, um, but for for your humor. Like I like the way you talk. Not just what you're saying, but the way you say it. So I appreciate that. Yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we need some practical help here. Um, yes. Very, very practically. All right. I I want to be addressing, I don't know, pick a taboo topic. Um, hmm. Suicide. Um, I want to be talking about um, salvation. I don't know. Pick, pick a taboo topic and hmm. help me enter in. Yeah. Yeah, I get a chance to do this in a really practical way every year when uh, my wife and I lead a small group in our home. Um, so very often, I'll kind of pick people who are fairly new to our church that I don't really know, and they don't have many connections, but maybe they you know recognize me from Sunday morning. So here I am sitting in my living room with 10, 12 people who really don't know each other. Um, we just met five minutes ago, and I'm trying to establish an environment where we can talk about all the things. And so, Carmen, here, here's how I, I generally phrase it. I said, um, you know, this is a confidential place, and I want for the next 12 weeks us to deeply love each other and help each other as much as we can. And so if you're struggling in your marriage and you're not sure if you want to be married, please tell us about that because I want to pray for that because you're going to need prayers for that. Or if you're struggling with your sexual orientation or you find it really hard to forgive your your father or your ex, I, I do my best to try to name like the top 15 taboo things and basically say, this is the place where we talk about that. And if you find the courage to say it, um, I'm going to be proud of you for your courage. I'm going to pray for you. I, I promise. I'm, I'm going to keep it in confidence. We're going to forgive you in Jesus' name. So as long as we're here as brothers and sisters in faith, let's actually help each other. Let's not confess, well, sometimes I speed or, you know, sometimes I get frustrated with the kids. <laughs> of course. Of course. Everyone does. No, I'm trying to really set that tone to say, I'm not going to force any deep, dark secrets out of you. But if you're going through something, God put you and me here in the same room to help each other. So let's help each other in Jesus' name. Hmm. God put us here in the same room to help each other. I'm not sure that um, 
that many people are experiencing that, even in their church small group, um, certainly not in larger um, gatherings. And so, first of all, I appreciate that you model for us what really any of us and all of us could be doing. We could all be reaching out to, you know, 10 other people and inviting them to our home and saying, hey, for the next 12 weeks, we're going to be a small group and we're going to talk about all of these taboo things. Like we could use your book as a entry point into those conversations. We could, I mean, you could, if you're, if you're listening right now and you're like, um, I really want to be having these conversations, um, but I need a resource. Well, that's, that's kind of what this book provides. And so the book is taboo topics Christians should be talking about, but don't. We're giving away copies today. So text the word book to 877-933-2484. Mike, when you, um, when you think about time, um, time of grace, when you think about what you are seeking to communicate um, day in and day out through, um, through that podcast and the ministries related to it, um, what do you, like, what's, What's your hope? What's your goal? Mm. Yeah, with this book and with our broader ministry, if we could get as close as we can to that description of Jesus in John 1 verse 14, that he came from the Father full of grace and truth. Um, As I kind of look around at the broader Christian culture, I was actually um, reading your website just before we came on, and I I love, I, I was smiling here in my office by myself, the description of you of like, I'm going to tackle tough topics, but I'm going to do it with gentleness and respect and have a great conversation. And I really think, you know, that description is what we're after. We never, ever want to water down the Bible because it's difficult. We never want to give people a free pass to sin. God calls us to obedience and holiness and repentance. But I, I don't want to emphasize those things so much that I, I stop listening or stop being empathetic I want to address something like transgenderism by talking with people who are trans and learning like, okay, okay, tell me about this story. When I've done that, I've learned like, wow, wow, wow. Here's a community of people who is so deeply distressed by an experience that I've never had. Now, it doesn't change my interpretation of Genesis 1 and 2 and God is the one who makes us male and female, but it, it stops me from being just full of truth and helps me to be full of grace and truth. Mm-hmm. And I found that when I've spoken to people face-to-face who are, are um, gay or, you know, different um, political party or whatever it might be, it just, it, I don't know, for me, it gets me 2% closer to that ideal that we're striving for. Let's let's preach the Bible and not be ashamed of a single syllable. And let's do it with such obvious love that the world, even if it doesn't believe in Jesus yet, feels heard, feels respected, feels listened to. Um so that, that's my goal. John, I'm, I'm praying all the time. God, give me a John 114 message. Give me a John 114 heart uh, that we could be full of grace and truth, just like Jesus. Anxiety, depression, race, marriage, adultery, politics, abortion, homosexuality, transgenderism, sexual intimacy, divorce, suicide, alcohol, pornography. Mm-hmm. You want to enter into conversations um, about these taboo topics? Uh, Mike Novotny offers us Taboo. It is a book that is designed to help Christians start talking about the things we don't talk about. We are giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 
1-800-273-8484. You can connect with Mike and um, and get the Time of Grace podcast at timeofgrace.org. Mike, what a delight. Thanks so much for having me, Carmen. This was awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. Um, all right, we are um, almost out of time today, so let me just circle back around and um, encourage you to be um, praying today for Christians who are um, going to be confronting things in the culture that are going to squeeze them. That's going to be you as well. So when the world squeezes us, and it will, um, what's going to come out? Well, what's going to come out is whatever we're full of. So as Mike said, I want, I want us to be full of grace and truth. And how are we going to get filled up with grace and truth today? Well, we're going to get ourselves into the Word of God. We're going to get ourselves next to the one who is the Word of God. We're going to be yoked to Jesus. We're going to walk step by step with Him in the Spirit, not in the flesh. There's a lot going on today out there in the world that God so loves. And you and I are going to be the agents of God's grace in the midst of it, representing Christ to the world. So let your love be patient and kind today. Don't be jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Don't demand your own way or be irritable and don't keep a record of wrongs. Let's be people who demonstrate and manifest the love of God in the world that he so loves. It is a 1 Corinthians 3, 4, and 5 day. Um, Let it so be through you and me. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.